Thanks for uh, joining today. Before we get started, please make sure that you have uh, subscribed to the various feeds that we're getting published on, whether here on the podcast, on YouTube, or on the other avenues of publication, including Substack. And please make sure you're following us on uh, Instagram and on threads to get the latest information that we're putting out there. Misinformation is nothing new. It's always been there. The problem is, is that the ability for us to communicate with each other has never been greater. Everybody has the ability to be a publisher. Everybody has the ability to be a content creator. And the problem is, is that there's very little fact-checking in a lot of information that gets put out into the public forum. Very few publishers are willing to offer citations, willing to offer references, particularly when we are presented information in one-minute, two-minute snippets in which we claim that it's about keeping the attention span. But that leads to a host of other problems. When most of these publications are related to what we should or should not be doing in order to have health or to somehow reestablish our health. But it's also important to remember that the ability to communicate with each other is essential if we are attempting to build communities, attempting to have some sort of interactions with each other that we would not normally have otherwise where we can build positive communities, where we can share what we are doing with others, not in an effort to convey that what we're doing is the best, but to show what is possible. What can we do in order to be healthy, even if we aren't experts? And that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is that we attempt to conflate what we see being presented to us in these short snippets, in these one-minute, two-minute videos as being truth, without understanding that it might not be truth. And so it is important that we take a step back and look at what is being presented to us and whether or not we are being fed information, disinformation, or misinformation. So let's talk about that. Warning. The following presentation contains information that might contradict what you have previously heard or believed to be true, about how the human body works, and contains material that is not suitable for closed-minded individuals. Enjoy. There are billions of tips and suggestions that have been hashtagged within the social media feeds over the last few years. And it would take us billions of hours to go through each one of those various types of presentations as it relates to the suggestions that are This is how to be healthy. This is what you should do or should not do. This is what needs to be avoided. This this is what needs to be accentuated within your life in order to be healthy. I think it's better to take a look at, okay, who is actually presenting this information? What are qualifications that we see? And out of all of the various platforms that we uh, follow, the most often advised materials, the most often advised suggestions, the most often advised uh, recommendations for what nutrition you should have, what exercise you should do, what supplements are necessary, what additive to what additive is needed to be consumed or needed to be avoided tends to come from non-qualified individuals. These are individuals that do not have 
degrees, do not have certifications, do not have any type of uh, standing in their in their field of recommendations. That is, we're getting recommendations, we're getting trends that are being established by people who don't have standing to make the suggestions that they are making. When we look at what's out there about, based off of uh, rudimentary surveys, about 30% of the suggestions come from qualified individuals, which is alarming when we think about what type of information and what type of disinformation and what type of misinformation might we be subjected to within the social media feeds that are going to build our ideas and our ideals around what we should be doing, should not be doing in order to establish or order to reestablish our overall health. Along the same lines, Less than 10% offer a disclaimer, very similar to the disclaimer that came in after the intro to this discussion, about what you're being subjected to. What type of evidence is being supported? What type of evidence is being refuted? There is very little qualifications to the suggestions that are being made, whether it is from the uh, expert or whether it's from the person who claims to be an expert. There is an overemphasis on physique. There's an overemphasis on body image within the presentations that are being made within the social media. Presentations that lead to other issues that we have seen a rise in over the last few years that we have started to see a decline in over the last few decades related to body dysmorphic issues. There are a number of these publications that are focused not on information, not on disinformation, but on selling products. Somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10% off of survey data are promoting some sort of product that is used in the guise of promoting weight gain or weight loss, most often weight loss. Most of the presentations that we see are going to encourage some, some sort of or in some part encourage self-diagnosis and self-treatment with the understanding that it is your body, you should know what you are doing. Most of the advice that we see is coming from people with lack of qualifications, lack of qualifications that can accentuate health issues that someone has because they're being advised to self-diagnose and self-treat. The overexposure of content skews what we understand to be health and what we understand to be healthy, in which most of the presentations are under the guise of weight and weight loss as the primary factor when it comes to health and being healthy. There is a viral epidemic of misinformation as it relates to nutrition and nutritional supplements necessary to, to quote, maintain balanced hormones, to, quote, maintain healthy immunity, to, quote, assist with sleep. There are a number that are following the misguided notion 
that body image and body morphology somehow is the indication of your metabolic rate. There are various trends out there that can lead to consumption of foods that are known to have, that are known to be toxic when taken in high amounts. There are trends that are not new that we have unfortunately had exposure to since the early 2000s based off of Hollywood personalities. Personalities that students would recall I would label as Dr. Actor or Dr. Actress in the guise of under underlying the fact that we're being pitched information from people who may not have the knowledge to pitch that information. Personalities that would providing their individual statements, their wantiness to have this sort of product be the best thing you can do for your health, but is simply being promoted in an effort to allow that Hollywood personality to make money. A trend that has expanded so that the mom at home or the dad at home or the teenager at home now has the same platform that these Hollywood stars had in terms of trying to pitch distinct products, once again, under the guise of trying to make a buck in order to sell a product to the viewer. There are dangerous eating trends that come about, such as prolonged fasting periods, such as doing water fasts, such as doing milk fasts, such as consuming mushroom coffees that have very little scientific backing to what is being presented. Not only is there very little scientific evidence backing what is being presented, a lot of what is being purported as coming from the fasts, from the various diets that are being presented, a lot of the claims of benefit are actually refuted within the scientific literature. Not only are they refuted, they've been shown to have dilatorious health effects if followed for prolonged periods of time. When we start looking at recommendations being made as relates to diet and exercise, the presentation of information establishes and emphasizes the need to have some sort of quote-unquote lean physique, a physique that most individuals may not be able to obtain that lead to poor goal setting and the aversion in the long term to exercise, to physical activity, and to nutrition that can promote healthiness because of adverse effects they get that come from poorly developed and misguided nutritional programs and exercise regimens. While I promised myself that I wouldn't go out and intentionally label distinct uh, trends and distinct TikTok themes within this, I want to try to keep it more general. I think it's important to actually point out a few of the various uh, viral trends that fit into this highly dilatorious effect on overall health. And so I'm going to name just a few of the trends here before we get into what we can do in order to combat a lot of the misinformation, disinformation, and uh, perpetuation of myths within the various trends that are out there. 
And so the kind of prominent trends that we have seen over the last few years take off include things like the, the water talk movement, include things like the what I eat in a day videos, things like uh, the water, simply the lettuce water, and the drinking of chlorophyll, the uh, use of uh, dry uh, pre-workout mixtures, the consumption of uh, mushrooms in coffee form. That is just a few of the various uh, trends that we've seen that have taken over. We also have things like the uh, the quote-unquote budget Ozempic, which is the indication that there is some uh, dietary supplement that will mimic the effects pharmacologically that we get from Ozempic. There is, within this kind of movement, a general idea that we have distinct benefits that come about from taking the supplements, from following these dietary trends, from the various types of exercise regimens that are out there, which includes like the the walking, I believe it's the hot girl walk trend that is within the uh, TikTok algorithm. But all of them tend to have the same grounding effect within them. And the grounding effect within them is the misapplication of scientific principles. The idea that if you can consume this one thing, it's somehow going to cure everything for you. The, the cure-all. We have previously discussed the cure-all issues. We have uh, written about the cure-all issues in numerous in numbers of uh, publications. We have discussed the cure-alls in a number of publications. The problem with the cure-alls, the problem with the idea that this one thing, this simple change that you can make is somehow going to lead to you becoming healthy is a misapplication of the science, is a, a false ideal about how the human body works as uh, we discussed on the uh, talk relating to uh, dairy products and uh, milk and butter issues. The idea that we have somehow uh, one thing that we can do that is going to be the thing that's going to make us healthy misunderstands the fact that the body itself is very complex. And because the body itself is very complex, we get an inability to have sometimes simple answers. And sometimes we want simple answers because simple answers make us feel good. Simple answers are easy to understand, quotes around that. But we need to take into account is the fact that our body is a Rube Goldberg. It's something that is excessively complex in order to do fundamentally simple things. And it's excessively complex because of a number of regulatory factors and regulatory features that come into play in an attempt to maintain what the body needs in order to survive, what we reference as homeostasis, which is really the idea that we need to have everything in certain harmony in order to optimally perform. 
And that optimal performance is based off of what we establish as our need to optimally perform. And this takes us into the discussion or the second part of this discussion with, okay, what is scientific literacy? What is nutrition literacy? What is health and medical literacy? And why is it important so that we can weed through all of the information that is being presented to us? And it starts with understanding one thing about the body and one thing about the body that we tend not to see being presented within all of the social media feeds is the fact that our body is established in such a way that we're able to optimally perform in the conditions that we are being subjected to. And the way in which the body is able to optimally perform is based off of feedback mechanisms that are established in such a way as to keep everything in balance, to keep us in the grounded effect of optimal performance. And optimal performance is gonna vary based off of what I'm being asked to do and what I'm asking the body to do based off of factors that come from inside the body as well as factors that get imposed on the body. And so this internal and external uh, stress, this internal and external demand that we place in the body is going to dictate what the body needs in order to optimally perform. And when we start looking at a lot of these trends that we see within the social media feeds, the trends that we see are based not on what we would expect within a normal population, but what the individual who is presenting the information has seen within their own experiences, in their own responses to those internal and external stresses, what the person has seen with their own homeostatic regulations, their own feedback mechanisms. And so when we start looking at this feedback mechanisms, ability to often perform. What is scientific literacy? What is nutrition literacy? What is health literacy going to allow me to understand about this? So when we start, to start talking about scientific literacy, what we're really discussing here is the ability to understand the scientific method and what is scientific consensus. And when we start looking at this scientific consensus and the scientific method, it boils down to what is being presented. Is it an inductively inferred conclusion that is a conclude that is a statement, an explanation that is based off of empirical evidence that is related to the fundamental principles, the fundamental theories, and the fundamental laws of science? Or is it a deductively reasoned explanation? based off of preconceived knowledge or pre-known knowledge in an attempt to explain an observation. That's the hypothesis. When we start looking at consensus, we start trying to say, okay, what does science say about the phenomenon? What does science say about doing this type of exercise, following this type of diet, doing this type of eating pattern, drinking these beverages? 
sleeping in this fashion. What does science say? When we say, what does science say? We're not looking at fundamental principles. We're not looking at fundamental laws per se. What we're, what we're looking at instead is, what is the consensus of the empirical evidence? In science, the laws and the theories are the guiding principles that explain why science is occurring, why the phenomenon occurs. And it's our rationale that we fall on in order to provide an explanation within our explanation through inductive reasoning, where we're going to take what we see in an experiment and place it into what is the overwhelming understanding of the phenomenon. Do the empirical observations that we get from our experiment agree or disagree with the previously established understandings that have come from previous experimentations? When we do multiple experimentations that all point to the same inference, the same inductively inferred conclusion, then the consensus is this is true. This is what is factually correct. It is not an opinion. It is not a guess. It is not a poll. It is not a vote. It is not a democratically selected option. A scientific consensus is where we get the overwhelming majority of evidence all pointing to this one phenomenon being correct, this one explanation to the phenomenon being correct. And so when we start talking about, okay, being scientifically literate, what it means is understanding what is the scientific principles, what is the scientific methods that are followed that allow for us to develop the consensus about how the human body works, how health is developed, and how to be healthy, which takes us into the next bit of literacy that we have to look at. And the next bit of literacy that we have to look at is nutritional literacy. When we start looking at nutritional literacy, one of the things we have to look at is the fact that calories are not the end-all be-all when it comes to nutrition. While a lot of dietary recommendations and a lot of dietary storytelling is based off of calories and caloric balances, calories and caloric balances, energy intake and energy expenditure is not what nutrition is. Nutrition is what type of molecules are necessary in order to perform the metabolism, the chemical reactions that are necessary in order to maintain the optimal performance that is necessary for the body. If you look at a lot of the social media trends as it relates to nutrition, a lot of the social media trends that relate to nutrition do not focus on the nutrition as it is for optimal performance, but the nutrition as to what the person hopes it is, or the nutrition based off of how many calories am I consuming in a day. And so when we start looking at nutrition literacy, what we have to look at is, okay, how many macronutrients do I need for my body? And this is where we have to look at the breakdown of carbohydrates, proteins, and lipids based off of grams to be consumed 
per kilogram or per pound of body mass. But along with that, the quality of the various quantifications of carbohydrates, lipids, and proteins being consumed within a day. Not all carbohydrates are the same. Not all lipids are the same. Not all proteins are the same. This is where we have to look at, okay, what type of carbohydrates are being consumed? Along with the fact that consumption of carbohydrates does not cause the spikes that are alleged to occur that we see within a lot of the social media trends related to nutrition. Are the carbohydrates going to be used for distinct types of metabolic processes? What type of fats are being consumed? What type of lipids are being consumed? Are these lipids necessary for metabolic processes? Are these the essential fatty acids, the essential fats, the essential lipids that I need in order to have proper metabolic functions, in order to build the cells that I need to build, in order to maintain the tissues that I need to maintain, in order to build the hormones that I need to build? When we look at the proteins, am I getting the essential amino acids that I need? Am I getting the branch chain amino acids that I need? Am I getting the proper amount of sulfur? Am I getting the proper amount of nitrogen? Am I getting the creatine that I need? Am I getting the taurine that I need? All of these are important in understanding what is being presented within the social media stories about nutrition. If we look at a lot of what's being presented within the social media feeds as it relates to nutrition, it, it is boiling down to how many calories am I eating? But I can get calories from anything. Is calories just a unit of energy? It's a unit of heat to be specific, but it's simply a unit of energy. It's not a mass. It's not weight that can be added or subtracted. The only thing we can, we can add and subtract in terms of mass is mass. Weight leads to weight. Calories do not lead to weight. The last thing we have to look at in terms of the literacy issues is the medical and health literacy issues. And the medical and health literacy issues is understanding what is health, what is healthy, how is health developed, how is being healthy developed, and how is health and being healthy undermined by what I do in a day, by my genes, by my environment, by my hormones. And this is where we have to look at, okay, that complexity of the body. Health literacy is understanding that health comes about through a complex interaction of factors, factors that influence my ability to have optimal performance, the ability to have all of the systems of my body function in unison with each other to allow me to optimally perform to the best of my ability, given the scenarios that I have to face and the stresses that I'm encountering. That include things that I do, my lifestyle, things that I'm born with, my genes, things that I'm taught about how to do, my social and my familial background, things that are happening within my body, my hormone regulations, complex factors and complex interactions that minimize the ability to have a simple, single factor be the cure for anything and everything that I face in terms of my health which remembers that health is the ability to have and maintain the optimal performance for the body in all scenarios, under all stresses, due to the complex interaction of all of those factors. 
where we get pitched distinct single item things somehow will influence all of this complexity that does not hold true when we start to break down and look at all of the individual components of my health. And so we start talking about health and medical literacy. What we're talking about is the understanding of how the human body actually functions. In order to get this medical and health literacy, we have to have a scientific literacy and we have to have a nutrition literacy. We have to have an understanding of the basic principles of science, the basic principles of human physiology, the basic principles of nutrition, so that we're able to grasp what is taking place within my body. This is where we have to be able to work through information in a logical sense, even if that information does not agree with my preconceived notions or what I hope is true. We have to look at what does the evidence say and where does the evidence take me in terms of what is true versus what is false. Something that most of the social media trends and, so, and most of the social media posts fail to address. When we start looking at these literacies, it's going to involve the interactions in a holistic approach with our primary care providers in an attempt to develop a treatment if we happen to need treatment or a prevention plan so as to not allow the necessity for diseases to not allow for the need to have a treatment to any of the non-communicable diseases that plague our healthcare system currently. Thanks for listening. Like I said, I didn't want to go into any of the specific uh, trends that are out there. We will do some uh, discussions with some of the students as it relates to specific trends and specific questions they have about some of the trends that are out there and how some of the trends can lead to health issues in future talks. Please make sure that you have subscribed. Go ahead and give us that five-star rating. Help us out with the metrics. Share out what's being published. And make sure that you are, are subscribed and following on all of the various platforms.